Hear That Podcast Ground is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Look, the Bengals are on fire. They can't be beat. There's going to be a lot of people who want tickets for the upcoming game. you got the Browns game. Patriots game, you're going to need Game Time. The Game Time app is simple. It's quick and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. the band call your families and friends and neighbors everyone gather around the Bengals have won a game this is the walkout the first victorious edition of the season Paul Ender Jr. Jay Morrison of the Athletic Jay it happened first of five in a row obviously I mean there's no stopping this team now clearly break them up uh you know I I gotta say I I thought that one would happen at some point. We both talked about that yeah. on the last couple of podcasts. I mean, they've they've been close so much. I I mean, I didn't think it would happen this week. The Jets had been playing really well, scored thirty four points three weeks in a row. But this Bengals defense, the last three games, has been really good and that was kind of the shame in in ryan finley being so bad was it was wasting some good defensive performances but finally andy dalton comes back he plays like good andy and the defense plays like they had been playing if not a little bit better and here you have it not just winning winning easily convincingly 22 to 6 who knew 1 and 11 there they go that's what I'm writing about right now is the defense is is the fact that they have played so well and this was this was the best yet. I mean, 10 quarters now they've gone they've given up one touchdown in the last 10 quarters. Um blanked the Jets in the second half. I mean, you don't see that very often and it was a lot of the players were talking about how Lou, you know, Zach gets all the the focus about keeping his message and and staying positive and I mean, Lou was getting hammered. He, this, I mean, still coming into this game, they were the number 32 defense in the league. Uh, first year's coordinator taking a lot of slings and arrows, stuck with his system. Actually threw some interesting tweaks in today. We saw Sam Hubbard dropping back in coverage, playing kind of a little bit of linebacker. Uh, Jesse Bates said they let him blitz for the second time in his career and he had a blast doing that. Um, they just threw some different stuff at Sam Darnold. Three or four sacks today, third game in a row. They've had at least three. It's just, it has been really impressive what, how the, the, the U-turn that this defense has done. And really, if you think about it, if they've never made that quarterback switch, they're on a three game win streak right now. Like yeah. And, and Bengals fans would be so mad about that. 
I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. There's this whole feeling of not knowing how to feel for fans a little bit. But it ended up being the perfect scenario today because not only do the yeah. Bengals win and get off the schneid, you get Miami wins, Washington wins, only the Giants of these bottom teams lose. Bengals still hold on to this, had the number one pick. The Giants now have number two pick with a, so a one game lead on them, but the Giants just took Daniel Jones yeah. last year and you would assume would have a lot of interest in, in taking Chase Young. So you, you, my, we've said this, Miami is kind of the team you're most worried about in that fact, about taking the quarterback from you and they win. They, so you still have the two-game lead on them. It really was a best-case scenario. Oh, yeah, and, and the Browns lost, too, which makes people even happier. <laughs> really just throw that in. It was it ended up being, uh, you know, kind of checking all the boxes Sunday for Bengals and Bengals fans who didn't have, really have anything to complain about, although I'm sure if I check Twitter and I get home, they found something. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they they want them. They want him to go 0-16. They want the number one pick. I, I guess I don't. I don't want to say they want him to go 0-16, but they want the number one pick. And like you said, that they didn't lose any ground really in that race. Even I know you said this before. I wrote the piece about the, the tiebreakers, and I had Denver in there as a possibility because Denver only had three wins, and you weren't really counting them. But they won today too. So everything except for a Giants win worked out in their favor. Um, I mean, it's interesting with Andy coming back. He didn't play out of his mind, but he did play really well. Um, missed that first throw and then kind of settled down after that. Uh, Carlos Dunlop said he thought the Bengals poked the bear by benching him and he was, he was really happy to see Andy come back and, and play that way. And I mean, you think about it. It's, you know, I joked about first to five straight, but I, I don't think they're done. I, I, I see. At least another win, and maybe two. You got to figure they're going to get one of those Browns games. The Browns pretty much are out of it now after today, and that Dolphins game. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins are playing better, but I still think this Bengals team has a better roster, especially with getting more pieces back on defense. And who knows if if AJ ever comes back. So it, it does look like things have turned, but it, it's it is kind of a nightmare scenario for Bengal fans because they saw this all throughout the '90s where. Things would turn around in December and would lead to, owner, lead to ownership not doing anything. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case this year, but you really never know with this this ownership group. No, you're right there, and I don't think there's an interesting thing about Andy these last few games. I don't think there's almost anything that Andy can do to change. You know that this team is going to want to draft a quarterback, and especially yeah. if they're going to sit at the top of this draft. I mean, if they're at the top of the draft, no, if they're the first, if they have a chance to pick the first quarterback taken in this draft, uh, they're going to do it, and they're going to take Joe Burrow, and that's what's going to happen. Um, I, but Andy has an interesting thing to play for, where he's playing for a lot of money. Like there's going to be this insane QB carousel that's going to happen this off season, and over these next five games, if he could come out here and prove that they were dumb for benching him and win some games with this team of misfit toys on offense a little bit and, and you know, kind of rebuild some of that that maybe was stolen from him with the benching, you know, I, I think there's a lot of teams. Look at Jacksonville. 
Better bench Nick Foles again. They're going to Gardner Minshew. And teams like that, like Chicago. We've seen what Ryan Tannehill has done in Tennessee where teams are seeing, hey, you can take a guy that has had some good years and maybe he's getting, you're not sure. And they can come and invigorate you. And they, that can be something. And there's a number of teams across the league that will be looking for quarterbacks and that he could fit in. And if Andy Dalton went out, and had a string of five really good games here to close the season and won some games, I don't think it would change the Bengals' plans. I do think it would get somebody to pay him and be willing to maybe make him their starter next year. Yeah, I wonder if if they would be willing to do a, you know, a trade and sign and trade it to get a trade, sign him to an extension in the course of a trade. I, I still think most teams would probably be more likely just to trade for him, see what he could do on that final year of his deal, and then talk about an extension or talk, you know, see whether they go in a different direction. But you're right. I, I think he's far from finished. And the, the, the better he plays down the stretch this year, the better his opportunities next year. And if he falls in with a team where there are solid pieces around, we've seen him do it before. He is what he is. He's a middling quarterback who can play really well if he's got a lot of the pieces around him. So if he goes to a team like Chicago that was in the playoffs last year, and really that's kind of the only piece they're missing right now as a quarterback, he, he could, he like you said, he could get paid. He could really take a, a step into his future um, and, and extend his future by years because he's – He's going to get at least one more deal, and if he plays well on that, he could get another one. It's, it's just all going to stack on top of each other. I, you're right. I don't think there's any way he, he does anything over the, this final month to change ownership's plans, but it's going to be really interesting to see where he winds up and see if that team is a team that's on the Bengals' schedule next year. Well, I mean, he could end up the starter here if he won so many games he played them out of the position to get a top quarterback. That's the only scenario. I mean, people have asked me that. Well, what is the scenario? Is there any way that Dalton is back here next year? And it would be what they win. They'd have to win almost three or four games to get out of the top five. The top five, and then and then yeah, then you probably would be looking at Andy Dalton and drafting a offensive lineman or something like that and building around. I mean, that that is the scenario that you would be talking about. I'm sure Bill Belichick is shaking in his boots watching <laughs> this tape today. There's some tough games on the schedule still. So, I mean, I don't know how possible all of that is getting a little bit carried away. It is interesting, the rallying around Andy and what that did do for this team. I mean, like Joe Mixon and Carlos Dunlap, like barging into Andy Dalton's press conference and talking <laughs> him up and, and everybody, you know, the, the whole poke the bed, all that stuff. I, I do think that that did it was a, a galvanizing thing for the team. The other side of this is Zach Taylor getting his first win as a head coach. And, you know, I sort of wrote about this today and, and there was there was two he was super emotional. I think we anticipated that happening yeah. whenever this was gonna happen. It really felt like a cathartic moment for him and for a lot of people on this team, but really particularly for him. He for the first time was really openly admitting to how much this losing streak had weighed on him himself and on everybody, on his family and everything and and to get that off of their backs, to get that monkey off of their back, I think for everybody in the building, just felt huge. 
and just a big deal to be done with. And that, that, that reason, the, the insane club dub that was happening in the <laughs> locker room, uh, right as we, before we were able to get in there is part of what everybody has been trying to sell of the importance of winning some games this year is just creating some of that positive vibes uh, about this team and the foundation and culture they feel like they've created under the the surface while not having any wins to show for it and kind of help that be what helps take it it take the next step and and maybe we saw that today and maybe we didn't and who knows how much that means in the long run but I do think that this is kind of what we saw in in the aftermath of today was kind of what they've been talking about why they felt like it was so important to win and not worry so much about their draft pick status yeah and you can you can tell yourself that you know it's gonna come we just stick with the message and it's gonna happen but you get, you know, you get down to five games to go. There has to be some doubt in the back of your mind of, oh crap, you know, what happens if this does happen? If we do go 0 and 16, there, I mean, there had to have, Zach's a super confident guy, a positive guy, but there had to have been some doubt creeping in. And I don't know if, if people have had a chance not or not, but the, you know, the, the Bengals had a videographer in the locker room and the, his post game speech. It is, it's, you can feel the emotion right there. It almost felt like he was going to choke up a little bit talking to the team right there. And then, you know, giving Andy a game ball and then Andy turned around and giving Zach a game ball. It was just a really, a neat scene. And, and I, 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 we talked about this earlier, you know, if he would not cry, not sob, but if he would get emotional and teary once the win came and you went into, for Zach's presser, I went into club dub to try to talk <laughs> over the music and talk to defensive guys. Um, and you know, from what you were saying, that there there was some emotion. You can, there there were some questions where there were questions about what he was feeling, and he was very short because I think he he wanted to he wanted to move on to the next question because he thought maybe there may have been more emotion than he had, that he would hope to show. I just I think it's a I, I think it's a, a cool thing. Some people might see it as a sign of weakness. I think it's a cool thing to see how much it means to a guy and and to have him have this happen. I mean. You you know for your story you you talked to Zach's mom and you made her cry after the game. No, I feel bad but about that. It's just <laughs> you, you you see. I mean, you people sit back and they just think these guys are like little robots out there on their fantasy football team. And you when you see like the real the humanity and the emotion of it, it, it was a, just kind of a neat scene all the way around. I did have to apologize to Zach for making his mom cry. <laughs> I was sure just asked a question about sort of, you know, watching from afar as he's had to deal with this yeah. and, and what they do. And, and, and it's hard. I mean, and, and for their whole, you know, your whole support group and just you, you see what it does, the strain that it puts on you. That was my sort of my question to Zach in the press conference. And he, I think it was, uh, you know, very short with it because he wasn't sure he was going to get through it. It's yeah. the strain that it puts on you off the field and on everybody in your support system off the field when you go through something as challenging as this. And, and that's why to the today, I think they just hope that it is the first of many and can finally close that chapter of that sort yeah. of hell on earth that the last, 11 games has been for them previously and and uh we shall see i mean there's a lot to be said i i do think i do think there has been a lot of positivity that has happened under the radar where they do feel like they have sort of 
set that foundation and now they just need to go through an off season of fixing the roster <laughs> and then letting and having that new roster come into what is already a solid foundation with some momentum now who knows how that will play out but i i, I think that that is the, where they feel like it's at right now and that today and some of the progress that we've seen on different sides of the ball is sort of part of that and it feels like I mean, they want to win games. They're not worried about the, the number one draft pick. It, it almost feels like anything else that happens, because really, what's the difference in the overall scheme? Yeah, maybe there's a little momentum, but you're one and fifteen, you're three and thirteen. It, it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You're not going to playoffs. You had a terrible year. All it matters for is the the draft pick. Just what happens the last four games isn't nearly as, as important as what happened today. T- today was the big one. They got it out of the way. And you don't want to say anything that happens after this is gravy. Obviously, they're going to go out and try to win games. But it is it is huge to, to get this one out of the way and not know know that you're not going to make history. Yeah, that that, that is absolutely correct. Uh, we will find out uh, exactly what wine Zach Taylor is drinking tonight. He, we've been trying to ask him this for a few weeks if he has like a spe- a bottle or something, and he's not really. That's not really his style in general. He's more of a. He's pretty much as a demanding that there will be a, a pizza party at his house, <laughs> which is apparently just totally romper room right now. It was his son's ninth birthday this weekend, and just had all of his kids. Uh, his kids' friends were all over, and they were in a game room keeping his, like, grandma and grandpa up, like, all night long, playing Madden till 1.30 in the morning. I love I love everything about this. They all came to the game today. I yeah. mean, he's going to have to bring those kids back to every home yeah. game from here on out. <laughs> They're the lucky charm. Yeah, uh, and, and no, no, no official count on how many people were in the Taylor suite, other than it was probably more than allowed by the fire marshal. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it, for a minute. Minute, and I sort of wrote this in the story. For a minute, you just gotta kind of take your football ang- angry fan, uh, you know, smallest attendance figure in stadium history. You gotta take all that that has been a part of this year and as a part of the disdain for this franchise, and just remove that for a minute. Put yourself in this guy's shoes, man. Like. Yeah. What just just about that? I mean, what it must be like to carry around this three hundred pound football, this not winning a game, and everyone doubting him as a coach, and pointing out how old he is every time you talk about him, and and all of that stuff. Carrying that around today was the ultimate, I think, release in that respect for him. And um, we'll see what it does for the rest of this, for this team the rest of the year and going forward, and if they still end up with the number one pick. I just hope Sarah, his wife, has already bought the bottle of wine because another assistant coach that we talked to today, who shall remain nameless, told us he was going to drink all the alcohol in Cincinnati tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the Taylors got out and got a bottle of wine before this other coach raided every store in Cincinnati. Raided every store in Cincinnati, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I I think there's a good chance that I'll probably have a couple of drinks as well, Uh, but that really has nothing to do with wins or losses. It's just what I do on Sunday nights. It's just Sunday. And so... (laughs) So that that will be good. We, of course, uh, will be back uh, with our Tuesday 
podcast this week. Jay, you are a loser of the growler bet uh, again. But the good news is you get to talk to Zach Jackson, which is always enjoyable. That is a pleasure. That yes. is always enjoyable. So with the Bengals going to Cleveland next week, we'll have plenty of our preview stuff up on that, our bonus episode on Thursday. Um, lots to look at in regards to college football, too, with uh the Joe Burrow name that we keep using over and over again, playing in the SEC title game uh, this weekend. Of course, yeah. uh, everybody else is the, the second favorite son, Chase Young, will be uh, out there as Ohio State plays Wisconsin. So we're in the mode now where we sort of watch the most important games are, I guess, the Bengals game and then definitely the Dolphins game and then whoever LSU does that weekend. It's kind of where we're at in this season. So all of that will be tracking and more, as they say. As we wrap up now, our first. How did it feel, Jay, for us to do our first victory podcast together? Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, it's it's so much better than we don't I, like. People ask this all the time, and we don't root. My 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 line is always, I you like to see good things happen to good people, and, and Zach definitely falls in that category. But it's just it's nice to talk about and write about something other than. A loss. It yes. just it just gets repetitive, and and you you try to look for storylines, and if you point out anything positive after a loss, people go crazy. It's just kind of the nature of fandom right now. So this it was it's it's enjoyable to to at least have something different happen after eleven weeks. I'm sure fans are not happy that Carlos Dunlap and Sam Hubbard gave the Gatorade bath uh, oh, yeah. to Zach Taylor. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll see <laughs> how that how that plays out as well. I mean, just enjoy the moment and let it go. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't. What is it? Don't. What did Andy say? Don't live in bitterness. Yeah. She don't, don't choose to live in bitterness. Or negativity. Negativity. And yeah. Carlos said it's not. It has nothing to do with where we are in the season. He said he got his first win. He deserves that. Coaches, coaches get that after their first win, and they wanted it to come sooner. But he's like, we live in the moment here. This happened today in this stadium. We were going to do it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening uh, to hear that podcast ground and uh, the walkout edition. And we will uh, we'll talk to you later this week. Have a good one, everybody.